Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Looks Like We Made It. I'm Izzy Howell and I'm joined by Managing Director of Howell Film, Chris, to talk all things video marketing. We are the father and daughter who run the video production company Howell Film and each week we will be discussing all sorts like what happens behind the scenes on our projects, getting results from your video content, how to start using video in your business and plenty more to come. We're always up for candidly conversing about creativity. On this episode, we are talking all things automaton with lead filmmaker Andy so without further ado let's get started and of course never miss an episode every tuesday by giving us a follow or subscribe as well as finding howl film on instagram facebook twitter and linkedin let's go Let's go. Let's go. All Let's things automaton. All, to, all things automaton. What does is. that mean? Exactly. Well, this uh, this is the opening pop because there's a reason that I think <laughs> automatons are really interesting to work with as valuable artifacts in history uh, because it's it's not quite an antique as in like it's not quite just sat static. It's not quite uh, a, a completely movable object. But it's also something which is symbolically really important to the actual museum that it's part of. So there's there's an entire section um, when we were filming where I was actually thinking about this, well, which, which you, got me fascinated. Do you want to set the scene before, I will, before I will we jump in with so, just, is this a, any any specific automaton this or just automaton a, in general? This is a very specific automaton. This is the Silver Swan at the Bose Museum. So I guess people probably... You might not have come across the term automaton during your day to day. So an automaton basically uh, is a kind of robot fashioned out of clockwork that uh, were extremely popular in the kind of 17, 1800s. We apologise to any urological yeah, historians in the my, room. With my knowledge. But, uh, but basically the, 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 the real kind of amazing thing about working with things like automatons um and 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 how they are like how filming them or how putting them on cameras is it's it, it becomes a point of debate i guess on on the setups of it so i remember um and i don't know if you guys remember this when we were doing the initial setup the first time because we've worked with it twice now the first approach um because it's been done by other people obviously this i'll try i'll try and be concise here yeah, so go on. Un, so i'll, I'll un, lay the under, scene down under 20 under 25 un, hours under 25 hours so this thing has been filmed hundreds of times yes. okay i have to lay that out there the silver swan is very very famous it's an important uh, artifact yes. in the local area the bbc have been there i've no doubt itv have been there there are literally in the history of it hundreds of people who have filmed it so how do you film it so it doesn't look the same every single yeah. time? So, so, 
So that is what I wanted to talk about. Well, that's that's good because the whole point. So the the Bose project that we were doing, we worked with the Bose Museum um for a few t- a few times now. Um, that project that we're going to be talking about with Andy is essentially um the situation with the Silver Swan as an artifact in the museum is that if you don't know, it, it gets wound up or it did get wound up once or twice a day, and it would perform, music would play, and it would do like a little dance, um, and then it would stop. And that is absolutely incredible to see if you. You've, you know, it's from like the 1790s or something. It's it's absolutely incredible how old it is. None of us really know, do it. Two hundred. Well, it, it it was approaching two hundred and fifty because because basically, uh, John Joseph Merlin and James Cox were the guys. I, I, I'm struggling here. Though. I think we've got a dangerous amount of knowledge in this room yeah. about this. Yeah. Well, you pick it up. Well, as yeah. You, go. you do think. I think it's just just under 250 years yeah. old. So it's a very, very old artefact that still moves beautifully like it is a swan today. But the difficulty is, is that every time it does move and perform for an audience, it wears down a little bit. And it's... And it's a it's a mechanical object, like and as um, as they say, it's a bit like maintaining a car. If you use something and you use it regularly, it's going to wear down. So what we were commissioned to do was essentially capture the process of Matthew Reed, who was the um, who was a clockmaker conservator, who was in charge of maintaining this automaton. We were we were there to capture that process of it being maintained and capture further down the line a discussion about whether it should be run again or if it should be run or put into a box and never played again so our role was while it was under conservation was to capture it being conserved as well as capturing it performing properly so that people who couldn't see it performing until it's until it's restored and potentially until that conversation is over could actually watch it perform on film so we had to we were challenged with essentially <coughs> putting a 250 year old artifact um under really elaborate lighting a very kind of neutral background and showing its performance in such a way that it captivates an audience just as much as seeing it happen in real life and that was a challenge it was a challenge and before you jump in about just how challenging it was i would like to um throw my two penneth in here which is i think it's absolutely brilliant that you as our lead filmmaker and your team are so stoked by this project. It's amazing that you want to come onto the podcast and talk about a project that you've been involved with that has captured your imagination. You are a swan fanboy. And I think it's absolutely fantastic. I really do. It's his it's his username on all horological. Or, or Honestly, I think it's brilliant. I think I think that the fact that we haven't just gone along, done a job, left and moved on to the next job. This is this is, you know, you, you it, it's really Captivated. It's captivated yeah. and, and piqued your interest, isn't it? Yeah. You are you are into it. So, so yeah. yeah, go on. So talk, talk um, about it. Well, I mean, really, where where do we begin? The first thing was um, we <laughs> obviously you're given you're given a whole bunch of reference videos. So so from we're just going to approach this at first creatively. So I'm sat there. We know what we're filming. I've seen the reference videos. They've been sent through, and the first thing we're told is please don't do it like that. So you're sat there, you've seen the videos and you know you can't do it like that. So it becomes creatively, you have to like look at it in a completely different way. So I think originally it was, you know, the go-to is let's turn all the lights out. Let's, you know, keep it quite dark, keep it quite mystical, magical. But, and, and rightly so, they were kind of like, 
it's been done to death. It's, everybody films the swan in the same way. So I remember that was one of the big things as we were like, right, creatively, this is going to be a challenge. So we, we set about coming up with new ideas and new ways to film the performance. Now, I'm only talking... <laughs> the magnificent performance that we got at the end there, which was, you know, where it swings its head. If people haven't seen the film, uh, it is available on Facebook, on Buzz Museum Facebook. Or you can go to the museum and watch it on the big screen. Which is the big way screen, you should do. It's always be watched on do. the big screen. And, and the sound system's great in there as well, which uh, you can hear it like echoing through the museum, which I was really proud of. Anyway, um, so that was the first thing. And I, and I remember we, we started talking about like colour palettes and stuff to put on the backdrop. Because, second challenge, it's reflective. It's a silver swan, so it will reflect light. So how do you look at something like that and think, if I put too much light on that, it's just going to bounce that back in, it's going to be overexposed, all that kind of stuff. So, so you know, those initial challenges um, <laughs> were starting to be like, okay, this is going to be quite difficult. And then you've got... We can play it maybe four or five times the in your, entire in your life in your lifetime. <laughs> so so you know, there's no yeah. do-over. Yeah. See, okay, okay. So I've got a lighter reflective object that can only be played five times, and I'm not allowed to shoot it in any way that I've seen. And each it performance before. is 31 seconds long. <laughs> so so I remember. I mean, you can't ask for better challenges when you're approaching that, but. And, and I think the final output is amazing, by the way. I was so, like, proud of the entire team for backing, you know, the way that we that we worked on that. So um, so how did we do it? Well, it was it became um, kind of clear through that that we would need a little bit of time um, before setups. Um, and, and I remember we basically... So so how do we do it? We used a, a nice... I think it was like a bluey... Well, it was like a grey backdrop. I thought it was quite interesting as well that we didn't opt to do a green screen behind yeah. it um, yeah, that yeah. actually went for something more with a with a with a depth with, a, with like a real solid it was like yeah it was like a kind of bluey gray yeah. kind of really nice there was background. us there was us online looking for um, silver or gray backgrounds that would fit a 250 year old <laughs> yes. automaton swan yeah. it's not searches that you normally no, find on no, online no. but but i think it was all about control though the whole project yeah. was about control as andy said it's all about, it's about controlling the environment as much as we can um and i think that by closing it down with our own you know if you put your own background on there you've got your own lighting in there um and i know, I know the environment was tricky because it's a great big um gallery space we were working in yeah. and but roof lights with roof forget, lights as well lights you know so i think i think that i think that the challenge for you that that kind of like um the professional challenge of you know as you just mentioned you, you can only play the thing two or three times um and it you know you 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 don't have that let's go again let's go again let's go again so we've got to you know get it nailed it to to, to start with and which gets us back to a previous podcast we've done about planning about the fact that you know we we knew what we wanted to achieve we had the technical expertise to build that solution and we were able to go along and I mean it wasn't easy but we, but we were able to go along with a, at least a at least a good head start in terms of how well, we were going to achieve we had that. to we had to I, th I think the thing as well as going back to pre-production as well and and working the realities of working in that environment is something that i we never or hadn't experienced much of before which is working with i'm sure lots of other film companies have the same 
is working incredibly closely with priceless artifacts, like things that have so valuable both financially historically socially like things that literally it's like working with something that you know you're a part of its history at that point and you have to make technical considerations which you know you don't want loads of lights or or things that are unsecure over the top of it you don't want we the fear of like tripping and knocking something over we had to basically glide around that set like we were ballerinas because you couldn't be too heavy-handed so so you had to execute all of these technical elements working with something that was so delicate that you couldn't be you had to be very 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 careful so there's so originally i mean it if we if we were in a dream scenario what you would want to do is you'd want to put lights directly over the top and just kind of like floodlight it <laughs> and you know not not have directional lighting because we're working with a backdrop and if you get shadows on the backdrop you have to remove them in post which there was an element of that now and again because you know, you're working with the constraints that you have, but there is simply no way in a million years that we could have rigged any <laughs> lights over the top of it. But it but it was, you know, we what we did to kind of counteract all that was was really what I kind of admire about the approach was we were working with an antique and we were using some old school methods like light meters to film it. So there was this real kind of like meeting of old school and old school which really kind of married together on the project yeah, really well i think you're right i think i think it was um it, it was a world of skills colliding right the way back from the 250 year old swan which gosh that's just like genius in terms of the design and the, the manufacture of that we've got um you know matthew and his team incredible skill there um we've got us and our team, incredible skill there. But they're all, as you say, they are old school techniques. Yeah. It wasn't turn up with an app, no. point it point it in the room and go, oh, well, that will sort it out. That, yeah. You know, we, there was proper grown-up, you know, maths. We, well, were, actually, was, we were actually doing maths. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was. I mean, you know? that Hence was why I went quiet yeah. at that point. <laughs> but it was, in, in, in essence, what, what, what I really, really enjoyed about it and, and what puts me in that swan boy... Swan boy, swan boy, swan boy, just swan boy. That is my username online, by the way. If anyone's interested, uh, swan fanboy category um, is. Are you? Uh, here's a question: Are you? Are you into any other automaton? Uh, I, I can take or leave the peacock in, uh, in St. <laughs> Petersburg, um, but no, the 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 swan fanboy element of that is because you're dealing with something which captured the imagination of generations before filmmaking was a thing. So yeah. you're looking at something which was the blockbuster of the time, which people would focus their evenings around to go and see. And, you know, and it's such got, it's got this incredible storied history of being like in the workshop and then being seen in Paris, you know, it was sold off to pay off like James Cox's debts and stuff. Like it's so well, like it's so well journaled. And the fact that thinking about it, the guy who made it in, you know, 1780 or 1790 or whenever it was around that time, the idea that they were just... 1773. 1773, there you go. So it's that whole thing of them basically making it at the time and, 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 and they were one of like, you know, a hundred pieces <laughs> Like, he was making these for, like, you know, kings and emperors in China and stuff. And he was making all these incredible things. And here we have, like, 
one of the last ones to ever exist sat right in front of us, which is so historically like incredible um, that it is just like a privilege to even, you know, be able to like go that close to it. I think that because the thing that um, as someone who's a history nerd is that when um, it would really put things into perspective when like Matthew would be saying stuff like, oh, they use this type of um, like type of screw into it because normal modern day nuts and bolts hadn't been invented yet. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But it's also things like that's one is just about as old as modern America. And it's it's just and Marie Antoinette was still alive and kicking with her head on her while that was <laughs> while that was around so it it really puts it into perspective but it's things like the thing that I find particularly interesting I suppose is that the films that we've produced for the museum and for the swan is essentially integrally a part of its history now the swan itself as as an artifact is going to carry on hopefully for the next few centuries and it'll be around for it'll be even more astounding when it's 600 years old but it will the the historical process of archiving and protecting its past, I suppose, is what this film has become and this discussion has become that. So we've essentially become a part of this artifact's history. So how does that as a filmmaker make you feel knowing that you've produced something that is essentially part of an artifact's infinite history? Well, well that, I mean, that, like... These, th- this is kind of what I was talking about really earlier is, is the fact that you, you conceptually, you, your approach is always going to be tainted by the past it's already had, which is why when we're talking about these films that we've been shown, you know, and saying, you know, that's how it's been done all the time and stuff like that. But then we come along and we try and put our own imprint on it the same way <laughs> The, you know, like with the Conservation Week, they all have their own ideas to how they do it, but we approach it in a different fashion. So they're talking about the swan itself. We're talking about how do we picture the swan in a visual element. So from a conservation, in, in a weird way, yeah, what we are doing is we, it's not just, you know, we're incredibly lucky and all that kind of stuff to be just you know involved with the swan in any capacity but actually what is what makes me a swan fanboy i guess is what i'm trying to say is that my impression or my ideas of how the swan should be captured will forever be cemented in in its own history and 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 there's there's no two ways that that's not you know it's not like a, a debate thing it's because we were brought in to do that so intrinsically which I, just constantly, like, I'll have a little thought about it, it blows my mind. How will film in that capacity will always have captured the swan's moment of its life at that particular point through our own eyes? Hello, this is Izzy from the future. As I'm editing this podcast, we've decided to split this episode because it's so long and we couldn't stop talking about swans. We've decided to split this into a two-parter, so I'm going to end this one today. Uh, And if you did like this episode, stick around to hear the other part next week. Um, And if you are listening on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, please give us a rate or review. Um, And you can listen to this podcast on www.howlfilm.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got a question or you want to be on the show, just let us know. Um, And yeah, stick around for next week because it's going to be really, really good and you'll see the conclusion of Swan Boy's story. So, bye!